Jared Kelnick is coming soon. Plus, let's take a closer look at the state of fantasy baseball. We'll do it next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FBT in 5. As always, make sure to follow and stream us on Spotify. Today is Tuesday, May 11th. I am Frank Stample, joined by Chris Towers, and it's Jared Kelnick time. According to Jeff Passan, one of the top hitting prospects in all of baseball, outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, will be called up on Thursday. He is 81% rostered. That number needs to be 100% on CBS. Chris, what do you think of Jared Kelnick? How far is he moving up your outfield rankings? I moved him right around the 30 range. Um, and, you know, frankly, he could move up a lot more than that if I wanted to be more aggressive because there are just very few outfielders who are actually having a good season. I still have him behind guys like Lourdes Gurriel and Randy Arozarena and Austin Meadows who have been pretty disappointing, but who I think will bounce back. But wouldn't it all surprise me if Kalanick was better than all of those guys moving forward? I, I, I've i comped him to... You know, someone like a Tommy Pham, you know, they'll should hit for good batting average, should get on base, 20 homer, 20 stolen base potential, if not more, as he develops. And I think, you know, if you're looking for a ceiling, he could be someone who, you know, produces like someone like Francisco Lindor has over the course of his career. So you know, the upside is very high. Now it's worth remembering Vladimir Guerrero was the best hitting prospect of his generation. Um, and it took him until year three to really start clicking. So there's no guarantee Kalanick is a must-start fantasy outfielder from day one, but I would bet on it, especially with a uh, skill set that should be conducive to five-category contributions. Back in 2019 in the minors for Kelnick, he hit 291 with a 904 OPS, 23 home runs, and 20 steals. So right there, as you mentioned, Chris, has that 2020 potential for Jared Kelnick, there wasn't a lot of action on Monday. We only had five games. Would have been six if there wasn't a postponement. But the Reds, they had a big offensive outburst. Tyler Naquin has started eight straight games. He has four hits, including two home runs over his last two games. He's 57% rostered. And Nick Senzel went two for five with a double and two RBI. The underlying numbers look a lot better for Nick Senzel. He is 63% rostered. Chris, if you can only have one of these Reds hitters, which one would you rather have? It would be Nick Senzel. I just don't trust uh, Tyler Naquin to keep this up. And what Senzel does have is, you know, I think he'll be a pretty good batting average source, but specifically he can steal some bases. And that's always a nice thing to fall back on. Because um, I think Naquin will stop hitting for quite as much power as he has been. He's actually been one of the best hitters in baseball uh, over the course of the season. So, you know, once that slows down, I don't think he has quite as much cushion as Senzel does, especially because Senzel did just recently gain second base eligibility in CBS sports leagues where, uh, you know, that's pretty valuable to have double eligibility, let alone, you know, at a weak position like second base or a weak position like outfield, frankly. Let's take a closer look at the state of fantasy baseball. Chris, you wrote a fantastic article, which is on the site right now, cbsports.com slash fantasy slash baseball, where you highlight that is, it is the year of the pitcher and you had some updates on the new baseball being used this season. So what did you find out? Yeah, some of the old heads might object to that 1968 has always been the year of the pitcher. They changed the rules to lower the mound because pitching dominated that year so much. But you know, what we're seeing this season is the lowest batting average in major league history. League wide batting average is 234. That comes from a result of one homers happening less often due to a, you know, the new ball that MLB introduced that is lighter, doesn't travel as far strikeout rate continuing a 16 year, streak with uh, 
uninterrupted games and strikeout rate and the lowest BABIP league-wide 283 since 1992. And so you add all that up and offense is way down this season. There are 45 pitchers with at least 30 innings with a 3-5 ERA or below and 30 with an ERA below 3. In 2019, at the same point in the year, you had 39 pitchers with an ERA below 3-5 and 20 with an ERA below 3. And that's coming out of, you know, 30 out of 90 qualified pitchers in 2020 versus 20 out of 119. So it's just the high end of pitching especially has dominated this season. So it is easier to find pitching than ever. You have to adjust your your expectations. A 3-5 ERA is no longer really, it's just kind of pretty good. It's kind of average for fantasy. You have, you have a 3-5 ERA as a team. You might finish in like eighth place in your league, which is surprising to say, but you know, maybe if you do have guys like Wasker and Noah, Kevin Gosman, Carlos Rodon, Trevor Rogers, start looking to move them for some of these slow starting offensive players, Kyle Tucker, Marcelo Zuna, guys like that. Yeah. Uh, it's something I would definitely be looking at doing, uh, at doing if you did wind up with a lot of pitching depth in your league. Speaking of pitchers, the best pitcher went healthy. Jacob deGrom had an MRI that revealed no structural damage or long-term concerns. He will be placed on the IL Tuesday, but sounds like he's only going to miss one, maybe two starts. I don't think the Mets should rush him back, but overall, this was pretty good news for Jacob deGrom. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your smart or anywhere else podcasts are found. And thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. If you enjoyed the pod, please leave a five-star review on Apple. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.